Welcome back, Laker fans. Been a pretty crazy week in the Laker Nation. Uh, the most prescient event, obviously, being the passing of uh, the great Dr. Jerry Buss. Um, passed away last week on Monday. He had been battling cancer. Uh, he had been in the hospital for quite a while. Uh, the, the team and the family have obviously been um, keeping it kind of on a down low. They didn't want a whole lot of, of publicity on it, but he's been kind of in dire straits for the last 15, 16 months. Um, and he finally passed away. It was a sad day for, for Laker fans and for the Laker family um, all over the world. Uh, such a great a great guy and, and with such incredible contributions, not only to to the team, to the Lakers, but just to to the whole activity of basketball and it's it's just crazy when you think back at all the things that that Dr. Buss accomplished um in his life with the team um you know i mean he bought the team in in 79 um after the 79 season his very first year as owner <laughs> they uh they win a championship which is crazy i mean he he bought the team the first thing he did was he drafted magic out of michigan and and they went on to to win a championship um and he won he won four more championships in the 80s uh and then five in the in the 2000s i mean he it's he was owning he owned the team for for 34 years, 34 seasons, he was the owner. And in those 34 seasons, the Lakers won 16 championships. I'm sorry, 10 championships. And they went to the finals 16 times. They went, the team went to the finals 16 times in 34 years. That's, that's crazy. I mean, that's flat out nuts. That's like half the time. As you were owner, half the time your team was in the finals, went all the way to the finals, and won t- won ten championships. I mean, in in that period of time, that no other teams in all of professional sports even came close to that. I mean, the closest teams were were the the Forty Niners won five in that period of time. The Yankees won five, Edmonton Oilers won five, and the Bulls won six during that period of time and the Lakers won 10 I mean it's 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 ridiculous I mean you can't make that stuff up nobody would would believe you you know and we we all look at at you know the storied franchise of the Lakers and you know the 16 championships and and how does uh you know Jerry Buss fit into the whole legacy of the Lakers well if you think about it how how many championships did the Los Angeles Lakers win before Dr. Jerry Buss? And the answer is one. The Los Angeles Lakers had won one championship in in 72 with uh with Jerry West. 
before Dr. Voss got here. And then he got here and we ran off 10. And and obviously before the team moved to L.A., when it was in based in Minneapolis, which is why they're called the Lakers, uh, they had won five, five championships before they got here, which brings the total up to 16. But it, that's that's just nuts to think about that. I mean, the kind of success that he had, you know, and the kind of, of love that he had for the team. I mean, it, it it's just it's just crazy for me to think about. You know, and and looking back at the the memorial that they had for him at Staples Center was was incredible. Um, I mean, I don't know if you guys got a chance to see it. They they broadcasted it live on the radio and they showed it on the Time Warner cable station. But it was it was just incredible. All the people that that came that that were there, the the people, the just the lineup of the people that spoke. You know, I mean, they just legend after legend after legend of basketball coming up you know i mean i mean pat riley came to speak phil jackson was you know came to speak kareem magic kobe jerry west i mean david stern the the head of the nba came out so he could speak you know i mean uh Pat Riley is, I mean, he's obviously the GM for the Heat, and they're in the middle of the season. He flew out because he needed, he wanted to be there to, to to speak at the funeral, you know. And a lot of people who who didn't even speak really made the point to come out and be there, you know. Byron Scott was there. I mean, Byron's a co- the head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, he they're in the, it's in the middle of the season, and he flew out to be at at the at the funeral. For for Jerry Buss, I mean, Roni Turioff was there. He's a current player for the Clippers, you know, and he, he wasn't speaking, but he was there. I mean, he, he tweeted the the day that Dr. Jerry Buss passed away, you know, somebody asked him what, I mean, what did Dr. Jerry Buss mean to you? And he said, I mean, flat out, he saved my life. I mean, literally, he saved his life. I mean, we, we drafted Roni from Gonzaga, and he... uh was doing his regular physical with the Lakers doctors and they found a abnormality in his heart and he ended up having to have heart surgery right out of of college you know i mean we could have when that happened and we we could have voided his contract because obviously we drafted this guy and then he's got a heart problem we could have voided his contract we didn't we honored his contract and and Dr. Buss paid for his heart surgery i mean it's it's crazy, but it was it was great that Roni was there, um, you know, to show support. There was a lot of current players there. Um, obviously, Kobe and Powell spoke um, at the service, uh, but you know, Dwight was there, Steve Nash was there, Devin Eubanks was there, Sacre was there. I think Jody was there, uh, Chris Duhon was there. Um, so a lot of guys were there. Um, you know, Shaq spoke. Um, he had a real funny moment where he, he was talking about, you know, Dr. Buss always giving him what he wanted. And, uh, he said, you know, I wanted an extension. He gave it to me. I wanted a second extension. He gave it to me. I wanted a third extension. He traded me, <laughs> which is kind of funny. I got a good laugh from the whole crowd, but everybody I thought did really well who spoke. I mean, Phil Jackson was unlike I've ever seen him before. I mean, and granted we only hear, Phil talk through the media, you know, and and he has a very 
distinct media the way he carries himself and speaks through the media which is uh probably very different than his normal self and i think speaking at the service we got a lot more of his normal self than we uh usually do and he was he was very heartfelt and he was he got extremely emotional um he had to stop a couple times to kind of maintain his composure you know talking about his time with the lakers and his time dealing with with dr bus and it was it was it was nice you know i mean the first thing that phil uh that pat riley said when he came up i mean pat, first of all pat riley left i mean he taught he taught he coached the lakers in showtime he left in what a 90 89 around there went and coached the knicks for a long time and then went to to miami as a gm came back and coached them to the championship then went back into the gm so he's obviously the gm of of miami he's you know he hasn't been here in like 20 years and he came up came up there and and the first thing he said was man this feels like coming home <sighs> which was nice it was uh it was a it was nice to see him do that and uh express that but a lot of uh, a lot of guys were really great i mean jerry west came and talked he was great magic was great magic had all the lakers former and current lakers stand up in solidarity and uh, do their L sign um, and hold up their their finger in what mo- most people think is a sign that says loser, but they were reinterpreting it as holding up the L sign with your finger saying Lakers, and he had everybody do that, and uh, it was it was a great moment, and it was funny. Flea uh, of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, who's a huge Laker fan, he tweeted. Um, I'm standing in my living room holding my my L up. Um, but it was it was very cool, and it was great to see people, you know, really acknowledge the um, the effect that he's had on on so many people's lives. Um, Kobe, I thought, was very eloquent. Um, Powell was great. Powell said he was uh, asked to to do his speech in Spanish. Um, but it was, it was, it was really nice and heartfelt. Um, like I said, as was, was Kobe's, but to, to think, I mean, to, to not pass over the, the ridiculous amount of contributions that, that Jerry Buss has brought. I mean, like I said, not only to the Lakers, but just to the game of basketball, you know, be when, when Dr. Buss took over the Lakers, there were no thing, things like courtside seats did not exist, and Doctor Bus said, "I want to put seats. I want to put seats on the court." And they people said, "You can't. You you can't put seats on the court. That's dangerous. It's it's a a safety risk. You can't you can't do that." And he said, "I don't care. I'm doing it," and he did it. And I mean, look at now who what team in the nba does not have courtside seats not a single one everybody has it you know there were no cheerleaders he said i want i want these games to be like a broadway show i well first of all he said i want he told mitch he said i want them to be complete well, it wasn't mitch at the time it was jerry west but he said i want a great basketball team and i want the experience to be like a broadway show and he said, I want cheerleaders out there. And at the time, nobody had cheerleaders. I was like, what? Are you crazy? Dancing girls and, like, costumes? What are you talking about? Like, football games? And, and that's what he wanted. He created the Laker girls. 
And now look around the league. Every every team has cheerleaders. Everybody, because of what of what Doctor Bus started, he thought would be a good idea, and now everybody else is doing it. He he was the he created in the forum. He created discount seats for uh, for the disabled. He created the little section where for wheelchairs, and he charged people two dollars, two dollars a spot for them and their attendants. Being meaning like friends and family. So uh, guys in wheelchairs, especially there were a lot of uh, this was this was the late 70s, early 80s. There was a lot of veterans around um, in wheelchairs and they took advantage of this. And it was a great thing because not not only could they get into Laker games, but because it was two dollars a seat, these veterans, they could bring they they could take their friends to a Laker game. You know, and and it was incredibly great for them because not not only could they go, but they could be like the man, like their friends would want would would need them for something. As opposed to you know, when you're disabled, it's it's difficult because all of a sudden you're dependent on everybody else. You're dependent on other people for these things that you want nothing more than to be able to do for yourself, but you can't. You know, and just for one moment to have your friends be dependent on you for something it is is an amazing gift to give to somebody, you know, that, that he did. And, and so many people took advantage of that in a good way. And it's, it's incredible. He created the, uh, the prime ticket cable channel on, uh, Fox sports net, the channel that, which was broadcasting Laker games and Clipper games, um, for, for years. It was some games would be on channel nine. Some games would be on prime ticket. Um, and then a couple of nationally televised games, TNT and ABC, but Prime Ticket was hosted the the majority of the games all up until this year, you know. And Prime Ticket was the first of its kind. It was the first cable station he created in 1985. It was the first cable station that was dedicated to. Oh wait, 85 or 95? I think he created it in 95. A little ten years off, but it was the first cable station dedicated to regional sports, to a specific region. Or teams, and now it's you know every every almost every region has it, and um, it was it was the model that everybody is following now, in terms of uh, regional sports stations, and he created that. He was the first one to do that. He was the he was the first person to combine arenas with corporate sponsorship. I mean, when in in the eighties, there was no corporate sponsorship in the in the arenas. You know, it's there was just the arenas, and he had the Forum, which is where the Lakers played. And he made a deal with Great Western Bank for corporate sponsorship, and the Forum became the Great Western Forum. And and now, today, that's the model. Everybody does that. I mean, it's it's almost to the point of uh, of ridiculous, you know, with the Energy Solutions Arena and and this and that. Every single place every single stadium that you go to with the exception of Madison Square Garden probably um is corporate sponsored you know i mean staples center <laughs> there it is you know it's the new the new model that Dr. Jerry Bus created so so many so many just incredible incredible things that 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 he accomplished and were uh it was a sad day <laughs> It was a sad day for a Laker family uh, to see him go. Um, 
he he does have some capable uh capable people he's leaving the team in the team he's stated that he wants the team to stay in the family which is a good thing um jim bus who's you know gone taking a lot of flack in the in the media lately he's actually i mean jim has been working with the team side by side with his dad for the last seven eight years you know so i mean it's not like all of a sudden this snot nosed kid is gonna take over the team I mean, he's been right there working with his dad and Mitch for a long... I mean, that's before the last two championships. Those last two championships, I mean, Jim had a part in that too, you know. Um, so, obviously, he has good people around him. Um, he has Mitch. He has he has Jeannie, which is in, tar- in charge of the business part of the team, which is great. Um, I, I'd say put Jeannie in charge of everything, but... I know Jim wants to to have his hand in it, um, but I think they're going to be okay. I think they're going to be okay. It's it's real fresh and new right now. It's kind of shocking for the family to here we are all of a sudden without dad. Um, but I think they're gonna they're gonna be okay. I think they've been set up well. Um, the uh, Doctor Bus I know for for years now has been trying to kind of pass the torch to Jim to his son. And and we all know that Jim Mayer was probably not really ready for that to happen, so he would kind of give him this responsibility and say, "All right, you're going to go do this and do that," and then and then Doctor Bus would step in and go, "All right, I right, stop, do this, do that, okay, all right, go handle it, okay, stop, 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 just hire hire Phil back, all right, cool, good, two more championships, all right, now do what you want, all right, stop, 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 don't trade Kobe, it's not going to happen. I know he's demanding a trade, it's not happening." Okay, go ahead and go ahead and do it. <laughs> so it was kind of funny how he kept stepping in to make make sure things were okay, but still trying to you know let his son take over. But it's hard; it's a hard thing to do for any any father who's wants to have his his legacy live on through his children. And, and when your children are not quite up to the, not the same level that you are, obviously, uh, it's hard to to do that. Because um, you don't want your legacy to die, but you want it to stay in the family. So that's the the kind of dichotomy he's been dealing with for the past couple of years. Um, but anyway, that's that went down. It was a great ceremony, and and there's been a lot of love in Lakerland for it. Um, the team is going to be wearing a commemorative patch on their uniforms for the the duration of the season, which is a nice nice big JB, which which I think is really good and really classy. Um, and team the team came out of the All Star break right after and and won uh, three games in a row, which which is nice. All right, it, it, things are looking good. We the the trade deadline came and went, and nobody was traded. They did not trade Dwight like I was screaming that they needed to do. And Mitch came out right before the trade deadline and completely waxed his car in front of everybody. Um, and, and said, we are unequivocally not training Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard's the best center in the league. He's the future of this team. You know, he he's going to be one of the greats and all that stuff that he was saying right at the beginning when they traded him, he said again, and I believe he was speaking not necessarily to the media. I mean, he said it to the media, but not necessarily to Laker fans. He was speaking to Dwight. He was trying to build up Dwight's um, confidence and get him to step up because certain other efforts from within the team 
that have tried to get Dwight to step up per se have not necessarily worked as well as we would have wanted to. So I think my belief is that was Mitch coming in and doing his part to influence Dwight um, in a way to get him to play better. Uh, and I and I do think that they did not want to trade him. I mean, they went through a lot to get him, you know, and thinking that this was the future of the franchise, you know. And obviously, he has underperformed this season. Obviously, he has he has uh, kind of performed not up to the expectations. But I mean, in fairness, you know, he's coming off. He still has is not nearly a hundred percent from his back surgery. Not even close. And he suffered a second injury in the torn labrum of his shoulder. So he's dealing with those two things and dealing with his third coach of the season and trying to mesh in, you know, in this supposed all-star team. So it's, I mean, yeah, we've we've all been critical of Dwight, me especially. Um, but I do acknowledge that it's been, uh, it's been difficult for him. And I think Mitch basically did his... Uh, you know, was in his motivated by his mentor, Dr. Jerry Buss, kind of put all his chips on the table, per se, and say, all right, we're all in. We are all in with Dwight. This is how it's going to be. And um, it seemed to be working. The last three games, Dwight is, has really been great. He's been aggressive. He's really crashed the boards. He is He's put more uh, attention and aggression into his pick and rolls. He's not complained to the press. It's it's been great. It's been really great, you know. And it's been wow. Who is this guy uh, in the Dwight Howard costume? Um, the only question is, you know, how long is it going to sustain? How long is it going to last? And is it going to be enough? Which is the real question. And I mean, time will tell. I mean, we've said that if you know if we can win three out of four. You know, of every four games, we should we should be okay, and that's what we just did. I mean, we dropped the game to Denver, which was disappointing. But I mean, like I I knew going in that that was going to be a tough game to win. Denver is a good team. Denver is a fast young team. Denver is still pissed at us for taking them out of the playoffs last year, and they have every reason in the world to want to beat us. And we were playing them at home in Denver and at the tail end of a back-to-back for us. So that's a lot of things going against you going into that game. Now, that being said, I kind of got the idea that maybe the players were thinking that same too, that same thing, like, wow, this is going to be a really tough game. Back-to-back, Denver at home, man, this is going to be tough. And then you go into the game with that kind of mentality – of they're they're kind of probably going to win. Well, guess what's happened? Yeah, they're going to win. I mean, there there was a lot of effort that was not um, given during that game. It felt like the Lakers knew before that they were probably going to lose that game. That was a game they were supposed to lose, and they kind of accepted it, which I'm not real cool with. I mean, it was all kind of personified in that one play, you know, where the ball was going out of bounds, and Dwight just kind of stood there and let it bounce out, and a, a and one of the Denver Nuggets just raced past him, you know, and secured the rebound, and then they brought it in and scored as Dwight just kind of stood there, you know, and that that is kind of personified that entire game for me, for the team. And it wasn't just Dwight either. You know, everybody was kind of slow. I mean, Kobe's defense was terrible. 
if you know what I mean. I mean, it was it was uh, it was tragic. I mean, he obviously his shot wasn't falling in the beginning of the game. He got hot in the in the end and kind of kept us in the game. And we got we got in about what do we get down to seven, I think, in the fourth quarter. But then that you know it's, you expend so much energy, and this has happened so much so many times during the year. You expend so much energy trying to get back and catch up. By the time you catch up, you're so spent that the other team usually goes on a little bit of run, and it's too little, too late. I mean, it's it's happened over and over and over and over again this year because we let ourselves get in these big holes. Um, now, that all that being said, um, I I don't think it's the end of the world. Um, the good thing I think is that the team doesn't feel that it's the end of the world. They they're not all bent out of shape about it, um, but they they know that the team has been playing a lot better of late and it's true and they have they've been playing much better they've been they the team has been constantly improving little by little since all the way back in December i believe it's it's been happening little by little little by little getting better getting better getting better getting better the off- offensively we've been getting a lot better in the last week or so which has been nice the Steve uh the Steve Nash Dwight Howard pick and roll has become much more consistent um, Kobe's gone back to scoring a little bit more, but still his assists have been high. Um, it's it's been good. I think the team is improving and improving and improving. the The biggest area for improvement right now is still is still the defense, and and that's that's still the scary thing for me because, like I said in the last podcast, I don't feel like they have a real definitive defensive plan that they're going out to try to execute every game. I think it's a it's more of a defensive philosophy which is play defense. Energy, energy, you know, oh, we got to get back in transition. Oh, we got to get back. We got to play defense. We got to put in energy and and that's been okay and it's kind of been helping and the defense has gotten better a little bit, but when you don't have specific things to do, you don't have specific schemes that you're trying to perfect and run, it, it makes it harder. It makes it harder. Like if I say, all right, I need you to knock down that wall. I don't, how am I going to do it? I don't know. Just give it your best. Don't give up. More energy. You know, are you going to be able to knock down that wall without tools? You know, maybe a, a sledgehammer would be nice. No, you don't need a sledgehammer. You just need energy. Energy. Let's go. It's, it's not going to work, you know. So hopefully I am really overgeneralizing that the, the defensive situation. And hopefully um, they do have a defensive plan I'm just not aware of that nobody seems to be aware of outside of maybe the team. Maybe that's the case. That would be nice if that were the case. I think I would feel really good about that if that were the case. Um, I guess we can only hope so the bottom line is uh i think things are still looking up we're if we make the playoffs i i think it's going to be by the hair of our chinny chin chins um for lack of a better term um houston and utah are not going to roll over and play dead uh i don't think portland's going to catch us i don't think dallas is going to catch us i think we're pretty 
I'm pretty confident we're gonna we can at least stay in the ninth spot. I don't think we'll fall down closer to that, but getting into that eighth spot. I mean, right now we're I think we're two or three games back from Houston. Utah's right above them. You know, there's still 24 games left that we have. Um, it sounds like you know it's a lot, but it's not really a lot because we have to win and those two teams have to lose. Um, luckily, Houston lost last night, so we we kind of stayed par with them from where we were before. We didn't lose any ground. Uh, we do have a couple of win- winnable games coming up. Um, if we can win the next two, then we'll be at 500, which would be nice. We haven't been at 500 all of this year, so that would be a good thing if we could get to 500 at least before we have to play Oklahoma City next week. Um, that's obviously going to be a tough game. Uh, we beat them last time, uh, but, you know, obviously that's tough. That's probably the last time we played them, we play them this year because I think we've already played them three times. They beat us twice. We took them out the last time. So we can even the series, which would be nice, very nice. Um, but the important thing is to get to 500, uh, win the next two games. You know, I think we have Minnesota and Atlanta, which are winnable if we come out with energy and commitment. You know, Kobe seems newly committed, uh, especially after uh, he, he spoke at, at Dr. Buss's uh, service. Um, there seems to be a new, fo- uh, a new focus and intensity in the team, uh, which is good. Um, it's going to be close. It's going to be close. I mean, I, I really want, I feel that if we're going to make any noise, that we need to not just make the playoffs, we need to get real hot before the playoffs and come in screaming into that eighth spot, come in screaming so that San Antonio is thinking, actually, they probably are because Greg Popovich is a smart guy. He's a good coach. He's been doing this a long time, and I'm sure he there's nothing he wants less than the Lakers to get hot, fall into that eighth spot, and him having to play us in the first round of the playoffs. Man, that, that would not be a good a good thing because I think the team, we believe we can take them. We can take San Antonio. San Antonio's a good team, man. Don't don't get me wrong. I mean, everybody's like, oh, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City. San Antonio is a good team. I mean, they they kind of lost their way for a second last year and got taken out by, by uh, Oklahoma City. But, man, they are dangerous. They're a good team. They're deep, 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 so much deeper than we are. So we definitely would have our hands full, whether we play San Antonio or we play Oklahoma City or we play L.A., you know. I mean, it's going to be a tough, tough thing to do in the first round. That's why we got to get hot before the playoffs start. We can't save it for the playoffs, okay? Whether or not we're in eighth or seventh, whatever, we got to get hot coming in and be on a streak coming in so that we can ride that momentum into the playoffs, not turn it on. When we get there, there's no switch. Okay, if Laker fans have learned anything in the last few years, there is no switch. All right, you either play hard all the time, like Oklahoma City does, or you run the risk of getting blown out a couple games. So that's what we need to do. We need to get some consistency of effort, not even necessarily consistency of wins, because I think if we get consistency of effort with the talent that we have, the wins will come. The wins will happen. That's not what we need to be concentrating on. We need to be concentrating on the effort. The consistency of effort is what needs 
to be concentrated on because we're we're getting much more comfortable with each other on the floor. The offense is starting to flow better, and the the defense is all effort. So if we just bring a consistent effort, I think we can we can make some noise. Okay, we're not dead yet, world. The Lakers are not dead yet, and if we get hot in this last part of the season, people are going to be scared. I think everybody, all the rest of the league is thinking, man, I'm so glad the Lakers haven't been able to figure this out with that ridiculous roster that they have. I'm so glad they haven't, they've had problems and injuries and they haven't been able to figure it out. But in the back of their mind, everybody's thinking, crap, if they figure it out, if the Lakers figure out how to play together and how to play with energy, crap, we're in trouble. And you you can bet your ass everybody else has that going on in the back of their head. So are we going to make them pay or are we not? Hopefully we are. So that's what I'm hoping. So there you go, Laker fans. All right? Stay with it. Stay loyal. Let's support the team. And hopefully we can get hot going into these last 24, 24 games. And hopefully Kobe won't get another two technicals because he's already got 14. He gets two more. And he's suspended for a game. He could probably do it, stay cool, but man, he got three he's gotten three technicals in the last four games. And if he gets two more in the next twenty four games, <laughs> he'll be suspended for a game. And then if he gets another two after that, he'll be suspended again. It's it's uh it's kinda nuts. So Kobe needs to chill out, put all of his anger into the game, just leave the refs alone, man. Leave them alone, play ball. Okay, let's get hot. Get hot going into the end of the season. Let's get Powell back a couple with a week or two before the playoffs so he can get his legs back, and then let's go get him, and let's go kick some ass. All right? Thanks for listening, Laker fans. Facebook, Ask Laker Lance at, at Facebook, Twitter, Ask Laker Lance. Come on down. Give me the feedback. Give me questions. I'll put them in the show. Thanks for listening. You guys are awesome. I love you. Go Lakers. Bye-bye.